<laughs> it's Taco Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Oh, that's Welcome to episode number three of RSVP, a podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Dee, and my co-hosts here are Lenore and Les. Tonight, we're talking about why we can't have nice things, or how to get ourselves to use nice things. But first, let's talk about what we're drinking. So I'll go first. Um, <clears throat> I am drinking crappy coffee, and I really mean that. Um, it. I don't have coffee in the house right now. because What? Well, I do, but it's crappy. So because I've... I've been in school. I get it there. When you say crappy coffee, you don't mean the kind of coffee where the those cats no 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 them out right. No. You, okay. This is coffee. I, I don't remember what brand. It's something my wife drinks. It's called Jamaican Me Crazy. Oh, it's Wolfgang Puck. <laughs> something like that. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's foul. That is but repugnant. I, I needed That's the so caffeine. Sad. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, and to make it worse, I put in um <laughs> I put in a hazelnut coffee creamer. Like, <laughs> isn't Jamaican me crazy? Isn't it like um coconut rum? It is. But I made it so I I made it I I you know, don't brew the I pour over. So it was ground so finely that the coffee is so strong that even for me, I had to just cut it with something. And we didn't have any milk in the fridge. So we need to go shopping. And all we had was hazelnut coffee creamer. Yeah, I've I've kind of been there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not horrible. It smells like a, it smells like, I'm not even kidding. So um, it smells like the foil inside of a cigarette pack. Yeah. Oh, oh, gross. You know what I'm talking about? That tobacco-y, like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, I may not make it through this cup, but I just need a little bit of caffeine because I was starting to get a headache and I'm a little tired, so... Um, so that's my tragedy over here. And I'm writing with the Karen Dash Neon Graphic, the pink one with the zebra print, little grip, in the reporter's notebook that was in uh, CW Pencil's uh, subscription box, the one from Stationers Inc. Mm. I like the paper in it, um, at least with the Karen Dash pencil. It's toothy, but not too toothy. It's that perfect balance of it gives you feedback and you can hear the pencil noise, but it's mm. not gritty. So that's me. Um, what about you, Lenore? Um, I am enjoying a platinum preppy here. Uh, it's um, I bought some recently. You know, I had talked before about needing to get some more pens I could put green ink in. And um, I have, um, I've been enjoying using it, although it's, um, I don't know, it's a little bit different for filling. Mm-hmm. And um, it's julep season. Because, you know, the the derby season goes on and on. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, um, and my Caro Sposo makes a very beautiful julep. And I think there may be another one in my future a little bit later. <laughs> and what about you, Les? I am drinking, I have water, but I also have a cup of this coffee that's locally roasted. I'm, I'm making up for your crappy coffee. <laughs> yes. Um, it's a brand called Fazenda, and it's roasted right here in, in Dedham, Massachusetts. Um, okay. And it's a light roasted bean out of Ethiopia. Um, call, and they call their blend Misty Valley, and it's delicious. It tastes sort of like blueberries and spices. It's just so good. Nice. Um, so it, it doesn't taste like a pack of cigarettes. No, no, it tastes like deliciousness. <laughs> um, uh, and it certainly doesn't smell like a pack of cigarettes either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to come over. <laughs> Um, Are you roasting again yet? I am not. I haven't had a chance to. I've been so busy that, um, you know, I just haven't had a chance to roast. And um, so I am writing in a no brand notebook, the same one I was writing in last week, um, 
a neon yellow dot grid with a Erasables podcast sticker on the front. Nice. <laughs> um, and I'm writing with a Helvetica pencil from, I don't know the right pronunciation. I think it's Itoya. That's what, uh, how I would say it. Yeah. Um, and John Coakley sent me a bunch of these. And I instantly went to Amazon and bought a whole pack because they're awesome. Yeah, I got those in, and I haven't gotten to use them yet. Oh, sh- and, but they are so pretty. They're really, they're really, really pretty. Yeah, they're super pretty, um, and they just write so nice. And they're like the black is stealthy. It's a matte black with the smooth ferruleless eraser. I'm just in love with them, and I haven't put them down in the weeks since John's package got here. That's all I've been using. So you're you're cheating on your metallics? <laughs> I am. I am. I'm cheating on my metallics and all of my other pencils. And, you know, I'm not generally prone to pencil monogamy, but I've been crazy monogamous with the Helvetica. I'm polyamorous myself, so. <laughs> yeah, same here. About stationary. Yeah, generally me too, but not not lately with the Helvetica. I've been sticking to one pencil. Um, yeah, so anyway, I've been, I've been, we've talked about Murakami before, and I am reading the Wind Up Bird Chronicles. Ooh. One that I haven't read. Okay. Okay. So I won't, I won't do any spoilers for you. Um, he is out of work and he's at home. And for some reason, a woman, um, uh, calls him and it's sort of a um, phone sex call, if you will. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's, it starts off really strange and then it continues to be very strange and it centers around a lost cat and... That's it, right, okay. Yeah, so a lost cat and uh, psychics. Yeah, I'm always <laughs> torn. <laughs> so those two things are... are- Go hand in hand. Yeah. I'm always torn with Murakami because I consider myself a feminist. um, And Murakami sometimes pushes the limits of my tolerance. Mm, Yeah. um, Um, There were a couple of spots in the very beginning of this book where had it been a paper book, I probably would have tossed it across the room. Because (laughs) there were a couple of things where I was like, what the? Mm." Yeah, I, ooh, that I mean, just does not go well for me. His stuff is dripping with misogyny sometimes, but when I remind myself that he's writing and hopefully he's writing as, you know, not his himself, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of times writers write as a character themselves. Right. Um, I can usually look past, I've yet to encounter a Murakami novel where I like, no, I can't read this anymore, but it does annoy me that, his common theme is men, women, women are objects kind of thing. Yeah. There's always like a mysterious woman, um, that the guy lusts after and eventually, you know, has a conquest with, and then she disappears. Yeah. It's, it's very strange. Um, but I keep reading because there are these really beautiful linguistic things that go on. Yeah. Um, and he just has, there's just some really beautiful lyrical stuff with his writing that I really enjoy. So I, I keep reading, but sometimes I'm like, what? Clearly Murakami is not for me because I'm endlessly frustrated with his female characters. And, and the men are very self-centered. And um, yeah, just that misogyny in it is a bit much yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, but on a on a different note, I have been binging on the Myths and Legends podcast. Have you guys listened to this before? I have not. <laughs> oh, I am so sorry. I'm going to take this is going to take up your next several weeks. Um, so the Myth and Myths and Legends podcast. It's all about this guy going deep on various myths and legends and kind of poking fun at the old stories. So he goes back and he researches. And tells the stories as they were originally told, and okay. kind of makes fun of them. They're it's awesome, really, really good. Okay, I've got it bookmarked. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I am kind of sorry, but at the same time, you're welcome. 
because if it's... I can't record a podcast last next week, it's going to be your fault. <laughs> it's so good. It's so so good. Nice. All right. Was that all you had? That's all I have, and it was a lot, wasn't it? Yes, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So now we're on to uh, what's new in our world of stationery. Um, for me, not much. Uh, school's been consuming most of my life these days. That's coming to an end soon. But I did finally get my hands on Les's uh, no brand notebooks, and I absolutely oh, yes. love them. They are oh, they man, are like, awesome. The paper and and it's just what is it? HP twenty four pound paper. Yeah, it's they're specifically their laser jet paper. Okay. So yeah, it's twenty four pound HP laser jet paper that you can buy at Staples if you want. Begging the question, why do any notebooks anywhere have bad paper in them? For the love of God, I know, right? There's no reason for it, especially when you can just go to Staples and buy a ream of really decent paper. Yeah. yeah. So this paper is great because I've always longed for, and I, I can get them small little notebooks with that. Um, it's like typical, I call it typical Japanese school paper. Like, you know how we have the typical line notebooks here and the paper's kind of thin, kind of crappy, whatever, but that's like our standard. Yeah. Well, like yeah. a lot of the um, Kokoyo like campus notebooks that I have, just basically standard issue if you were in Japan, that's your basic dollar notebook. The paper in it is so smooth and so it has a thickness to it. Um, and I've always wanted a small notebook like that and, and less is comes really close to that for me. So I I do like them for that. Oh, that's great. As far as I can tell, Japanese school children have better stationary supplies than most American professionals. Yes, I actually, every semester, I go on jet pens and just buy my stuff. Um, So, yeah, it's just, it's even the little things. I mean, the little attention to detail. Like, the my mind was blown when I got, like, a a Kurutoka like automatic rotating mechanical pencil. Mm-hmm. Like you never think that you would need that until you have it. So mechanical pencil. I know, right? But sometimes you need those in your life. So, um, Les's notebooks definitely great. I'm glad that I have them. I have enough to last me a lifetime. <laughs> um, so I am I'm looking forward to using all of them. So. Um, the other thing that's new in the stationary universe is the Baron Fig uh, Kickstarter um, for their minimal backpack, messenger, and tote. Um, so Baron Fig um, is a company. They, as you know, make notebooks and pencils and pens and other things. But uh, they have a Kickstarter for uh, bags now. And it just launched and they're pretty much almost at their goal. So these are are basic. They're very plain, um, but that's kind of what they do. Um, they seem to be designed more, I think, for utility than, than fashion, so function over fashion. And I don't know how I really feel about them yet. Um, I mean, I probably won't pack the Kickstarter because I can't afford to spend $90 on a backpack, but I don't even know exactly like where they're going to manufacture it yet and and you know where it's coming from and it's actually going to be retailing for a hundred so you know even if i wait till after the kickstarter so i'm not sure i may purchase one but i'm, I'm really curious to to hear what either of you think uh, if you've looked at the kickstarter yet yeah i'm glad that the kickstarter looks like it's going to fund because like you i don't i don't need it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's hard for me to justify any more. Yes. Um, any more equipment. But, you know, I may buy one after the re- after they're manufactured and the reviews come in. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, the penalty is pretty low on this one for, for waiting. Um, but if it weren't going to get, you know, if it was looking like they were going to have trouble meeting their goal, um, I might be more yeah likely to, to come in and participate. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, like, something like this because the manufacturer right now is unknown. I definitely am going to wait until people have their hands on these things and have used them for a little bit. If I am considering purchasing one of them. Yeah. I'm definitely holding off as well. First off, I have, 
as a bag obsessed person, um, I'm definitely holding off partially because I just, I have so many bags. Yes. But, and I don't need another one. Um, so yeah, I just, I have no reason for one. I also don't have $75 to spend right now. So I'm, I'm looking at that as something I'd like to wait on and wait, you know, like you guys said, wait for the reviews to come out. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'm actually um, looking at the design and I'm actually kind of worried about the strap length on the backpack. Um, it shows that they're adjustable, but just the design. I mean, I have pretty broad shoulders and even a standard issue North Face backpack, I sometimes have trouble adjusting the straps properly. So that's another reason I'm kind of hesitant on the on the backpack. Yeah, one of the things that I'm hesitant on is... I like the look of the messenger bag because I just like a big wide messenger bag. Yes. Um, but it uses cotton can uh, canvas strapping and that tends to slip on, on bags. So what ends up happening is your straps, it stretches out and then the cotton gets shiny and tends to hang lower than you want it to and not stay in place. So depending yeah. on what they're using as hardware for the strap itself, um, it might not be optimum for like a short person like me who would need to keep it cinched up to a spot, you know. Yeah, um, the hardware looks to me like just like a plastic clip and ring. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to probably work for me. But like I said, I'm going to wait and listen to the reviews and whatnot. Unfortunately... True, because- no, I was going to say, because this is a Kickstarter, yeah, they have everything, um, you know, laid out, but Kickstarters also are subject to change. So they may hear feedback from the community and make those changes, because that's kind of what Kickstarter's about, too. Yeah. Um, so those are my two new things. Um, Lenor? Well, my new thing is only, again, only new to me, but... Um... <laughs> It's not new to everybody else. Um, I had never used any P.W. Ackerman ink before. And I just, at the um, recommendation um, of someone in the uh, Erasable Podcast chat, got a bottle of Hof Quartier Green, Grun, this kind of apple green, and I love it. It's so great. So... I did, um, I did all my final exam grading with that kind of apple green in a platinum preppy. And it's been really nice. Um, I have barely picked up my safari <laughs> since I got this, <laughs> this preppy. So, you know, I'm so glad that, um, that I had people who I could ask for, for, um, advice about pens because I would have been highly suspicious of a $3 fountain pen and, um, other than the fact that I can't refill it by dipping because of the way the business end of it is designed, you know, actually having to take the cartridge off to refill. Um, other than that, I love it. Nice. But that's only new to me. You can get a um, converter for the Platinum Preppies. It's $7, I, I though. Yeah, I know. That's the irony, right? It's a $3 pen with a, a $7.49 converter. But, um, no, I got, I got converters for all of them, but having to take the converter out of the pen to refill it rather than just being able to dip the nib into the ink and refill directly like I did with my Lamy. So it's a little messier. You, you can dip the whole thing in the, you can dip the nib down in and suck it in through the converter. You should be able to. Yeah, it just, it makes a really big mess because oh, okay. there's, there's kind of a, there's a high plastic collar up around the nib, mm-hmm. which just gets ink in it. And then you can't get all the ink out of that. It holds okay. up a bunch of ink. So it was, it, I did it that way and it was just really messy. It's not, maybe I'm doing it wrong, but it, it was very messy. I guess I'll have to watch a video on jet pen and figure out how to do it right. <laughs> I, uh, I always just eyedropper my preppies myself. Oh, okay. So was that it for you, Lenore? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yes, that's it for me. (laughs) All right. Les, we're down to you. All right. 
So, have you guys seen the CW Pencil Enterprises 2017 Iron-On Patches? Yes, I actually have no. one. I have one in my hand right now. Mm. Uh, they're so pretty. Uh, they're they this, are. The spring green <sighs> with the yellow, and then the pink uh, hex has yes. two different shades for yes. the different sides of the pencil. Um, so, I ordered one, and I immediately put it on my bag. And you got to see that this... This, like, what was it, this past weekend? Yes. And so it, my bag, I've been having so many problems with things sticking to it. I had to try and stick it on again, and I melted it. <gasps> entirely. Oh, no. So I ordered another one. <laughs> Hopefully I don't destroy this one, but I'm just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick it on with E6000 instead of trying to use the actual heat set glue. It's been such a pain in the butt. Um, all right, so what else is new? Um, did you guys hear Caroline and Caitlin on the Erasables episode 73? I did. Another yeah. great interview. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It was long. It's totally worth it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Didn't seem that long. No. I know, right? <laughs> and you want to hear something goofy? So I just went to Google, and when I put C into my um, address bar... CW Pencils is the first thing that it offers me. I can get to CW Pencil Enterprise with one letter That's in great. the search bar. Um, so another thing that's sort of, uh, well, it's stationary related. Do you guys know the paper company Strathmore? Yes. Yes. Okay. So they have an online workshop series, and they are in their second workshop of the spring season. So they do a series of three or four workshops every season. Um, the spring season has brush lettering using oil pastels, and their next upcoming workshop is mixed media. So they get a bunch of relatively well-known artists to run the workshop, and it's free. You just have to create an account. They want your email address, obviously. Uh, and they give Strathmore-related um like lists of things to buy for the workshop. So it's a really interesting workshop series, usually a lot of fun. Um, so I thought people might be interested in that. We'll have the link in the show notes. I'm definitely interested. One of my goals this summer is actually to, uh, I don't know, do more art. I'm not very artistic. I can't draw. I'm an impatient colorer. <laughs> so uh, this looks really interesting. Um, maybe it'll teach me some patience. It's definitely interesting. I mean, they really do give really good instructions, at least in all of them that I've looked at. So that's always, I've always enjoyed that. Nice. So that's it for me. All right. Um, so let's get into our main topic today. And that is why we can't have nice things. Um, or like I said earlier, how to make yourself actually use nice things. Um, we kind of talked about this a little bit when we had the, the topic of uh, collecting and and having expensive items or, or I hate to use the word hoarding, but, you know, stockpiling um, collectibles or other things that we deem important to us or limited. And I prefer to think of it as conserving. Yeah, there we go. Conserving is a good word. So my my issue, I'll start out with this. So um, I've actually recently made a push to actually use the nice things that I have. And that came about, and I think I had mentioned this in a blog post, that I was surrounded by nice things that weren't even being used. And I didn't even look at them. They were they were packed away in a box. So, you know, what good is owning something if you're not going to at least even look at it, let alone use it? And I don't know. There's something. So the other day, I had sold off most of my 211s. But the other day, I sharpened one up. And I used it a lot. And I used to feel this, like, pang of, like, not panic, but, like, oh, no, I'm going to use this pencil and it's going to be gone and, there goes twelve dollars, you know, <laughs> and uh, I didn't feel that this time. I actually was more mindful of how I was using the pencil. I enjoyed using the pencil. There's something about using something that really, in all reality, should cost a dollar 
but you know, it's going for 12 to $15 each on eBay and just savoring that. I think that's my main motivator. And what's made me use my nice things is I look forward to using them. I mean, I can, I have enough casemate neons to probably last me the rest of my life if I used them exclusively, but there's no thought behind that. I use them. They're just another pencil that writes nice. But when I use an IBM Electrographic or the 211 or an original Blackwing, there's just something different about the process. And I think it, it makes you more, more aware of how you're interacting with the pencil and the paper and the whole process of writing or however you're using the pencil. So that's how I've made myself actually use the things that I have that I deem expensive or nice. So I, I don't know how either of you feel about that. Well, like in my case, I started to get this sort of desire to conserve my, my art supplies because when I was an undergrad, art supplies were really, really effing expensive. So, you know, I'd go and I'd buy my semester's worth of paint and I would be worried about it lasting until the end of the semester. So I would, I would squeeze out only tiny amounts of paint and tiny, tight. I would wash my brushes very carefully. And then I would go and buy cheap paint because I couldn't afford the nice paint anymore because, you know, (laughs) I was an undergrad on scholarship and I just couldn't afford to buy another tube of Liquitex or another tube of Golden. And I would end up going and buying the Michael's house brand. And it was chalky. And would be sad. Yeah, I would be sad because it was chalky. The color was terrible. And I knew it wasn't light fast. Um, and it would, it, it didn't feel the same. You know, like a nice paint has a nice creamy texture. And those paints from Michaels and AC Moore that are the house brands are like, ugh, they're liquidy. They don't have that creamy texture. They're just, they're not as nice. But I was always so worried about conserving my materials and not having enough that when I got older and I did have the money to use my materials, I was like, well, I'm going to use the cheap one first because I might not have the nicer one later. And I always had that same problem with my journals and my notebooks as well because I was always worried about, well, what happens when I run out of this one that I actually really like versus using one that is not as nice at, you know, cause like I can use as many field notes as I want. Um, and I'm never worried about running out of them. And I think that also goes to that whole, um, idea of FOMO and always having something like I, I hoard and I'm, I'm sorry, I stockpile my materials <laughs> because um, I do, I worry about running out of them. And what happens if I run out of my favorite journal? What happens if I run out of my favorite sketchbook? Um, because I just, I, I have that mindset that started out when I was in college and it's now it's a habit. Um, but going, going into like, um, the idea of how I make myself use my materials, First off, I don't, I don't tend to buy the most expensive. Although I say that and I, I look at it and I've got, you know, a bottle of Irishizuki, um, Sukiyo. I've got, you know, the Sailor Gentile inks. I've got, you know, I've got all of these like really expensive inks on my shelf and I do use them. Um, and then I've got boxes of 24s and all of the other like collectible pencils and notebooks and things. Um, so I guess I scratch that. I do. I do buy expensive materials and I do use them. Um, but I guess, like, I give myself specific uses for some of my, my notebooks and things. Like, I always have a po- pocket notebook on me and that's my traveling brain. You know, where yeah, everything is. Yeah, I have to write stuff down or I forget it. You know, it's just, I have to. Um, but then, like, I was talking, I think, was it last, last podcast that I was talking about how I like my metamorphosis or my plan was for that. I think that was last time. Um, So I couldn't bring myself to record T 
TV shows in it. Can't, <laughs> can't do it. It's too, it's too nice and it's too embarrassing to record my thoughts on TV shows in it. So that's my book, um, journal. So every time I read a book, I'm going to take a page or two in that and record my thoughts on the book. Um, that's so meta. <laughs> it yeah. really is. It's your it? book book. My book book. Um, and then, um, D, when we were out, I bought that paper O notebook. Yes. So that one felt ephem- ephemeral to me. So that is actually my TV journal. Okay. So every time I, I watch a episode of TV, that's where I, I record my thoughts on the episode of TV. So, you know, I'm giving myself specific uses for some of my journals. Well, I mean, I, I never thought of recording TV. Like, what do you do? Like, write a synopsis of what you've watched? I watched the... I, I, okay. So I do a short synopsis of what I watched and then my thoughts on the episode. Like, were there any... Is there any sort of, like, running theme with within the show? Are they, How are they wrapping up the show? Where are we in the season? And do I... Where where do I think they should be in the season compared to where they are in the season? Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can see that. I mean, I don't. I feel guilty because I don't write at all like that. Like I don't. I don't use my notebooks like that. I think I use them more for like lists or companion to like if I'm reading a, a book, jotting down notes if the margins in my book are full or small, I never would have thought to use it for something like that. Well, like I, I use my pocket notebook for random notes. Like, like you were talking about, as I'm reading a book, I will make random notes in my pocket notebook to Mm -hmm. give myself an idea of some of my like thoughts as I'm reading. Like as I've been reading Murakami, I'm like, okay, there's another mysterious woman here and he's had a conquest with her. Um, or like in a couple of books, he's mentioned ears, like attractive ears. Yes. Or, yeah. That, that's yeah. So like I made note of that in my pocket <laughs> notebook, like Murakami and ears. What's up with that? Um, or like, my God, did you see the ears on that woman? <laughs> basically that, that was a plot point in one of his books was like, was the fact that a woman had very attractive ears and that's why the man went out and decided to have a conquest with her. Um, but it was way more involved than that. Um, so anyway, so like that, yeah, that's like something I note in my pocket notebook and then that makes its way into my book book. It's now going to be called my book book from now on. But I got into that in grad school because as I read things for grad school, like I would, I would print off the articles and I would highlight and I would write on the article itself and then I always did a brief synopsis of it uh, in my literature review notebook. So every every class had a notebook. And then in those, as I read things, because we always had to t- be able to talk about it in class. And I always found I needed to have the notes in my in my notebook. Because that's how I, I learn. I learn by writing things down. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. That's how I learn. I mean... That's why I'm going to be writing my thesis in pencil, even though others think that's crazy. Um. (laughs) A lot of people learn that way. They just haven't ever found out because they don't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Les and I talked about this. The generation, the age matters, because when I was in school learning as a teenager and even younger than that, there weren't computers to like type anything on so I learned by writing and I think that that's just how I learned like when I read a book or I read a journal article for class I have to actively like summarize each page in the journal on of the journal article to like get those thoughts cemented into my brain I wouldn't be so sure about it being generational because I'm you know I'm a little bit older than either of y'all and I just never did it I just never learned to do it you know, I was True. reasonably bright and I could slide through without doing that kind of thing. And I never learned to do that until I was an adult. So I don't think it's just because they have devices in their hands. I think that you guys are 
I think that you are where you are partly because you were people who tended to go ahead and do the things <laughs> you know, that it, it kind of came more naturally to you to do the things that would promote the kind of learning we would like to pretend all of our students are doing. Yes. I definitely learned by doing. I'm one of those don't read the instructions, just start and then go back. Yeah. So that could be. Did you have any thoughts? Like, how do you use things, Lenore? Uh, or do you use your nice things? Yeah, I, I'm i not sure how much I have to contribute to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was thinking about Les saying that she does have these inks that she uses that are expensive inks. And Les, were you using those things when you were in school? I did, yeah. I I had... I actually really enjoyed taking notes with my Emerald of Chavor ink. It's the sparkly teal ink. So I used that. And I also had the red, what is it? The rouge hematite. I used that for for taking notes. So I used, I used my expensive inks for taking notes in really crappy notebooks. (laughs) (laughs) And some of my classmates were like, are you using sparkly ink? What's up with that, Les? Because <laughs> so they didn't. Well, because they didn't really expect me to use inks with sparkles. It didn't. Oh, it didn't yeah. fit. Doesn't fit with my presentation. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's not sparkles. It's 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 uh it's a shimmer. You know. <laughs> oh yes, it's a shimmer, not a sparkle. It's, it's, it's not glitter. It's not, it's not glitter. Yeah. It's not glitter. It's a sheen. There you it's, go, Sheen. See, Sheen is sorry. okay. That's F that, it sparkles. <laughs> um, yeah, so part of my thing has been that I, um, I've gotten into some of these things since I've been a reasonably gainfully employed grown-up. Mm-hmm. And so things that I got into more recently, I'm much more willing to use because I've never developed the kind of subconscious mindset of them as being precious. And that's kind of nice. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, you know, I mentioned actually on, on a, on a previous um, discussion that I have, a, I have a, quite a few um, kind of nice journals with a couple pages written in them. And The reason for that is that um, I felt like I had to have deep thoughts. You know, I felt like I had to write things neatly. I had to write things right away. I had to write them kind of timely. And then I would get back, I would get away from it. I I would write things for a couple days and, you know, and then I would come back to it like a week later and I would write a couple more things and then I would be away from it for a month. And then I just kind of, the activation energy was too great to go back and I, I wouldn't. And so... I've got some journals I really, really liked the time I bought them that, you know, I probably should just get out and cut some pages out of as unobtrusively as I can and just start over. But I don't because, you know, I kind of have that same, I still have the same attitude about them that I need to be writing nice things or I need to be making a commitment to stick with it or whatever. Like I'm not going to write a grocery list in a paper blank <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> kind of Renaissance book, right? Well, I wonder if that's like the best thing to get past that feeling of preciousness. I mean, when you get down to it, it's just a notebook. It's just a you know, even the most precious looking journal is at its core just paper. Yeah, except that it's something. I mean, it's something you might want to actually keep on your shelf after you're using it. Yeah, yeah I- and. I don't, if I'm not writing something in it that's worth keeping, then why am I writing it in a $28 notebook? Mm. Yeah, well, I, I, I guess the other side of that is, is have you, have you read any old journals by like family members? Do any of your family members keep journals or diaries not or anything that like that? Of. No. I had the chance to thumb through my grandmother's journal from when she was like her late teens, right before she got married. And it was really kind of interesting just to like read her thoughts on the weather and, you know, the hens laid uh, a dozen eggs today instead of 18. You know, and 
that was just sort of like the garbage of of every day for her. But at the same time, it was fascinating to me because it was, you know, from the early 40s and, or was it, no, late 40s, sorry, late 40s, she's not that old. Um, So like, you know, it was the late 40s and reading about her early life was really kind of interesting. Yeah, so that brings up a good point for like archival purposes. Like, Hmm. I'm torn now that you guys brought that up because I I do want to write my thesis by hand, but I also want to keep those notebooks because I want to remember the process. I want to look at those pages maybe again. And so finding the right kind of notebook to do that. Hmm. Well, my suggestion would be to look for something that's stitched and not glued and not stapled. Yeah. Because now, this this- is some- Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that this stitching just holds things together better over a longer term, whereas, you know, staples rust and glue gives up its stick. Yeah. Yeah. And the one of the few things that I actually stuck with for a long time was when um, when my daughter was born, we had kind of a tongue in cheek baby book that's like the, the new parents, own, the baby owner's manual or something like that. <laughs> And it's pretty hilarious because, you know, it, it gives you prompts for what to write down, but it's, it's funny, you know. So that goes for the first year. And we actually, we, mostly my husband, kept up with it pretty well. And so we have a lot of notes about her first year. And so when that ran out, I, um, I bought, uh, paper blanks, actually, um, notebook with, uh, I think, is it a Byzantine binding? where it's stitched, the signatures are stitched in and they're kind of woven along the binding. And it's actually, it's a, you can see the stitching on the binding, which I, I like, but it's got some flexibility. So you can stick papers, you know, you can put some pictures in it. You can put ticket stubs and stuff like that in there and it stretches to accommodate them without breaking the binding. It's Coptic. Coptic. Yeah. And so, um, I actually kept up with that pretty well for her second year and I bought a, a different notebook for her third year and I didn't keep up with it as well. So it ran out about halfway through and has a bunch of papers stuck in it <laughs> from where I didn't finish. And then it just all fell apart, you know, but, um, at some point I'll, I'll be able to go back and actually look at that stuff because frankly, I was so exhausted and so sleep deprived for about the first five years of her life. <laughs> that I don't remember a lot of things. <laughs> um, earlier, Les was talking about the fear of running out of things that she likes. Yes. yes. And which I totally get, but she was saying she shouldn't be afraid of running out of them anymore because now, you know, she can, she can buy more, but it's her like student mentality. Right. Yeah, But the thing is, you can't necessarily buy more because things get discontinued all the time. And well, that's... My, like my casemate situation. What is your casemate situation now? They didn't get, they didn't get discontinued, did they? No, but Walmart t- tends to sometimes use a different supplier. Oh, right. So you're just afraid that they will run out at some point. Correct. And it was this, you know, I used to, <laughs> my mom and I have a running joke about this with bras, actually, that as soon as you find a design of bra that you like, you know, that they discontinue it and you have to go shop for bras again. And I'd they frankly do. rather be beaten. But... They do. That is such a thing. That is such a problem. I have just run into that problem. And I am in the process of finding a new <laughs> style of bra that I enjoy. Like everyday utility objects that you find something that really works for you and they discontinue it. And yes. And that's really frustrating. Yeah, it is very, very frustrating. Which, you know, how much would we give right now if they were still uh, making the original Blackwing, right? <laughs> I know, yeah. right? One I of these discover days. discover them till after they were gone, like so many of us. <laughs> One of these days I'll get my hands on an original Blackwing. Yeah, I don't even remember who I sent mine to. It's been a a long time. I can't justify $60 or $50. Neither can I. Did you get a chance to try the traveling 
Blackwing thing that went around from the group? The Steinbeck Trio. No. Yes. This, uh, what? That started, oh, that's so sad. That started right, actually, when I joined the group. Oh, that's such a bummer. It was, yeah. that was awesome. That was, that was really cool. I think it's still going around. Well, um, didn't Stephen Watts start it and he left the Erasables group? He did. So yeah. I haven't heard anything about it in quite a while. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> anything else on this topic or do you think we kind of. I think for me, um, I was thinking earlier about, I used to have a really hard time. Um, trying to dress myself well for school, you know, <laughs> when I got out of graduate school and was in my first tenure track job. And even worse, my, um, so I got out of graduate school, I did a postdoc, and I was mostly just wearing the same kind of jeans and t-shirts and hiking boots that I'd been wearing in grad school, because I was in the lab every day. I was just in the lab. I wasn't interacting with students. And then I did a sabbatical replacement gig where I was teaching a class, and I had to actually dress like a grown-up two days a week and I didn't own clothes for it and I couldn't really afford clothes for it and it was really hard to dress myself <laughs> to, be, <laughs> to be in the classroom twice a week for a whole semester um, but uh, when I got to my first tenure track job I basically just decided okay I need clothes that I can just put on and not have to think about this right and so I made myself like eight or nine just straight rayon skirts and bought a bunch of tank tops and a bunch of cardigans. And that was just my, that was my uniform. I would just get up in the morning. I would put on a tank top and a cardigan and a skirt and I would go to school. And <laughs> so, you know, I'd never dressed like that before. Um, mm -hmm. I'd never had to dress like that before, but I was young enough at the time um, that I needed to be better dressed than my students. And so, you know, Les, you were saying about maybe the best way to make yourself use things is just to go ahead and put the damn grocery list in your really nice notebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like carry the notebook and put a grocery list in it and write down your gas mileage and make a note from your phone call and whatever. Um, I think part of it is just having enough nice stuff on hand that you can get over the idea of scarcity and, um, you know, where that kind of tips over into the hoarding thing, I think becomes when you start having things that you're not willing to use, even though you have a lot of them. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe getting a lot of nice things that are actually available you know, so not the, you know, not the national crops field notes, but, <laughs> you know, if you want to get, um, you know, just something that's going to continue to be available for a little while and have enough of them that you feel like you can go ahead and use them. And, but I don't really know what the, what the antidote is because I do have stuff stuck back that I don't want to break out except for a special occasion. Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. But another way to, to look at it is it's almost like having a nice meal or having a nice experience in life. Like, that's a one-time deal. You can try to replicate it, but you're never going to have the same experience. So, like, why keep worrying about, well, I'm going to run out of this thing? I mean, you use it. You don't have any more of it. And there's always going to be something else that's going to be nice to use. So, really... Like, that's kind of what I'm trying to tell myself to kind of get myself over the rest of the edge of me using <laughs> what I have. But it's, it's true. I mean, some of, some of my best memories are those one-time things. Uh, you know, the one time I had a $120 meal. Uh, the one yeah. time I stayed in a $1,000 a night hotel room. Um. You know, I'm not going to ever do that again or get that same experience again. And I savored it. And again, I think that's what it comes back to for me is it forces you in a way to respect the moment or savor that moment. That's um, a, I like that. That's nice. Yeah. We should find a way to shorten that down into something that could go on a cross stitch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do I, know how I to think... cross stitch. 
Do you I really? do too. And I think I would actually enjoy doing cross stitch, but I don't want to own cross stitched things is the problem. Yes. But it is the kind of activity that I would enjoy participating in. I agree. I don't have the patience for it anymore. There are so many like coloring for me. I would enjoy it more than coloring. Hmm. I can't get into adult coloring either. Hmm. Yeah, we talked about to hear this. Yeah, <laughs> it just pisses me off. <laughs> well, I don't think of it as art therapy, but I, I do understand that there are people who find it soothing. And I find it soothing sometimes. Like, I actually enjoy sitting with my daughter for a few minutes and coloring in the placemat together at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is totally a reason to have kids, by the way. They don't bring you the kid menu if you're a grown up. This is true. But you can ask true. for it. <laughs> I guess I could, but you know, I don't have to because now I have a beard. So, <laughs> oh, that's great. I I think that we're touching a little bit into the idea of of scarcity or fear of scarcity. You yes. know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but I I think this is also something that all of these companies that have limited editions really capitalize on. You oh, know, of course, every, that's every, the whole yeah. business model. Yeah, I, you, you're afraid that you're going to miss out on it. So you've got the FOMO going on. And then on top of that, there's this, you know, implied scarcity. Like, there are only so many of these notebooks made. You know, and, and it, there are millions of them made or hundreds or thousands. And, and the same with the pencils. There are hundreds or thousands or millions of them made. And it, are they scarce? Or are they not? You know, like the t-shirt ads coming up online. This will sell out. Like, huh, yeah. really? Because I've been seeing this ad for three months now. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and and you know, you know, if you don't stockpile them and you find that you love them, then what happens when they run out? You know, I it's such yeah. a hard thing for me because I am. I like there are things because of that ingrained attitude when I didn't have the money to buy things when I was way more poor than I am now that I just had that's so ingrained. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Makes sense. Something to think about. Makes yeah, sense. and I'm, I've been thinking about this. It's It's been interesting to have other people with similar interests to kind of bounce it off of because um, I come from a family of um, accumulators <laughs> my husband is exactly the opposite so you know this is kind of an ongoing tension in our house that um you know he tends to over dispose of things and i tend to over keep and um i you know i need to i need to figure out a, a happy medium about that for myself you know which i've you know i've, I've definitely come a long way since my graduate school days but you know like when am I ever gonna sew again I'm never gonna sew again I need to give my fabric away because I'm yeah. kind of massive I can't I can't get in my closet because of the boxes of fabric but um you know I just at some point it'll you know I'll get around to actually doing something about it and yeah I um and it's not because I don't want to use the stuff. It's because I like it, but I just don't have time. And I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to use it, which is actually something we haven't talked about yet is that you, you have these things and you're not using them because you think you're going to use them, but you're going to use them for something nice. You yes. Know? And there's, you, there's the, the kind of, you should go one way or the other. You should either just go ahead and freaking use it or you should get rid of it if you're not going to, and you should be realistic about whether that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like, so pencils are a little different because no, not many people think of pencils as like a hobby. Yeah. So, but to me, it's a hobby because I talk about them. I blog about them. I podcast about them. I have friends because of them. So, <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yes. Pencil Do friends. You? In fact, really? whenever I, I tell Gina that I'm talking to someone from Erasable, I just say my pencil friend. <laughs> uh, like when I came to see you last, I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to see my pencil friend less. It's just easier to, to say yes. that." Um, but no, like pencils, it's a, it's also an item that, like, unless you are exclusively using a computer, you would use on a daily basis. Oh yeah. So it kind of mixes the utility with 
the hobby or with the collectible nature. So I like that about it because it gives you a way to utilize these things. Whereas like, you know, if you collect a certain thing or you, you buy limited edition action figures, for example. Well, you can't open them <laughs> because they're not worth anything. You can't you right. Know. You can't play with them. You yes, can't use it, them for their intended use because you're buying them for for their exactly. resale value, even if even if you're not going to resell them. Exactly. So pencils have that unique thing because you can do that. You can do what I did with those black wings and sit on them until I needed money. But you can also use them. And yes, the value decreases because of the fact that you're using it up but it's a different kind of thing because you have the option to use it and not feel bad about it because you're getting something from it that's a really good point i like that and you know then there's other things like you said like like holding on to stuff for whatever reason i mean i probably have a six inch pile of papers from college classes that like why do i have them like you know but it's like that that like well maybe i'll need them one day you know like Again, I'm not going to use those things. Those are things to part with. Whereas pencils, there's that opportunity to use it. You're never going to say. going to work 20 years from now. Yes. And that's the other point. I'm glad you brought that up because it's not like we're on a limited time frame. It's not like you're buying something that's perishable besides the eraser. But nowadays, most erasers suck on pencils anyway. (laughs) Um. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, we were talking about ink and I was recently hunting in um, antique stores for a, <laughs> for a magazine rack actually <laughs> or for ideas to make a magazine rack because we need some place to put all the sheet music next to our piano but um, I've seen several bottles of fountain pen ink in antique stores lately that were still liquid they were still I mean I didn't oh, wow. actually buy any of them because I was going to ask, is there anything, if they're still liquid, are they still probably good? But, um, you know, I just was like, okay, that didn't go bad. What were you going to say, Les? Oh, I, I was going to say, as long as they don't have anything growing in them, your ink should be fine. Sometimes, you know, you get, um, what do they call it? They call it STIB or spit in the bottle. <laughs> um, and... And, you know, that's, it's just, it's like a fungal growth in, in your ink bottle. Yeah, um, I didn't see that. There were some of them that were completely dried out, but the ones that I tipped up, I didn't see any chunkiness or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it was, I, I think it was quink. Mm. Yeah, that, well, sometimes the quink is questionable because it's got additives in it that apparently can melt some pens. Ew! Well, never mind. Mm. See, this is why I asked before I buy <laughs> <laughs> but like I have a antique bottle of Schaefer script peacock mm-hmm. blue. I haven't actually opened it. It's unopened. So it should be fine. Oh, like but it's vin- it's uh new it's old vintage. Stock. Oh yeah, it's vintage. Cool. It's just sitting there staring at me, telling me I should open it. <laughs> <laughs> and why haven't you, Les? Um, because I've got, um, Omos turquoise, which I guess is a very, very similar color. So I just haven't, I haven't had a chance to open it and test it out. Well, we'll look forward to hearing about it because I want to know. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I think the moral of the story here is use the nice things that you have because you're missing out on great experience. (laughs) Yeah, I I think so too. You know, you don't want to be saving a bottle of wine for, you don't want to be the person who saves a bottle of wine for 20 years and then opens it and it's awful. Yeah. That's a lot of buildup. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or it's, tur- it's turned to vinegar because you yeah, waited yeah. so long. The exactly. cork dried out. It's corked. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that's it for the, the main topic. Um, as a little extra, I, I would like to give the following listeners a quick thank you um, for kind comments on the website and Facebook. We've had a really positive response so far to the show and it's been really encouraging. I, I know at least for me, I don't know about you too. Absolutely. Yes, I've been loving it. So kind. So I want to give the following listeners a quick thank you for their kind comments on the website and Facebook regarding our podcast so far. Um, 
members like Jonathan, Deborah, Mary, Michael, Melissa, and Jan have all been giving us great feedback, uh, positive feedback, and they've been really encouraging uh, with with how they want the podcast to continue, how they like it, and it's just really kind of been overwhelming, at least for me, because I didn't go into this expecting that. So it has been so kind. I've really appreciated the response from people. Yes. Yeah, it's been wonderful just reading everything and listening. And like, I also, um, I also welcome feedback. I would love to hear what you guys think for future episodes, what you liked, what you didn't like. Criticism is always appreciated too. Um, and it's been nice hearing from people whose opinions I really value about other things. And then they say nice things about something I'm involved in and it makes me feel good. Yes. <laughs> gives me, gives me warm fuzzies inside. So, so yes, thanks to all of you uh, for, for your feedback and for your response. It's been great. And we look forward to making many more shows for you guys. Cause we don't just do this for us. We're doing it for all of you. But mostly for us. Yeah, pretty much. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that's it for our show tonight. Um, You can find me online in several places um, on the web at theweeklypencil.com, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Pencil. And Les, where can we find you? You can find me at comfortableshoesstudio.com. At Facebook, Uncomfortable Shoes Studio, Instagram, and Twitter at Original LC Harper. All right. And Lenore? I'm on Facebook uh, through the Erasable Group, and I'm on Twitter at Lenore underscore Hoyt. Nice. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and until next time.